Hold a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tans and Jess and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.17, The Deadly Arts of Feng Shui, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzin, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Now I want you to remember that no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 24. Dresden gets to the set and has Jake help him set up a counterspell throughout the building. Once they've finished, Harry makes a call to Murphy and finds out that Arturo is scheduled to get married shortly with no prenuptial in place. Harry's call is interrupted by a gun-toting Trixie. So Harry's had his big revelation with Murphy. He suddenly realized there's a countdown, this thing is on a clock, they've got a sponsor, he ditches her after their that was just right after their breakfast with Kincaid hey and goes jetting off to the to the sound stage so shows up and figures like hey maybe Genosa's gonna look like crap maybe other people had a rough night because they were filming till almost midnight when he went off and had his other shenanigans apparently not Genosa looks just fine chipper we know it's late enough because they went and had their breakfast and everything like that so obviously you know it's like Genosa's now after like you know 10 a.m or whatever he's like yeah I can show up at the set not like you punks have to be here like at eight when <laughs> I do like how the last chapter ended off so hopeful. He's like, holy shit, I figured it out. I gotta go, right? Yeah. And then you get into the just meat of this chapter. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Yikes, we jumped the gun on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As always. Wait, Harry's got a solution? Nope, that can't be. We have like 20 more chapters to go. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, look. So Genosa greets him, does his all European manly hug, hug, kiss, kiss thing. Looks fine in his tennis whites and whatever. And he's like, so it happened again last night, hey? And Harry's like, yeah. And he's like, who? Anari. And now Genosa's a little bit pissed. She's just a kid. There's a really, that great line, when kind men grow angry, things are about to change. I really liked that. I like that. And it reminds me of Doctor Who. I love, uh, yeah. love that moment in Doctor Who. That quote so too. Yeah. Well, look, I'm angry. That's new. I'm really not sure what's going to happen now. The anger of a good man is not a problem. Good men have too many rules. Good men don't need rules. Today is not the day to find out why I have so many. 
not the Doctor Who quote that I was going to say, actually. I think you were oh. thinking of the same one I was. <laughs> same episode when... <laughs> Demons run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown the sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run, but count the cost. The battle's won, but the child is lost. A whole episode was so good. <laughs> so, yeah, little Inari at like 19, and Genosa's like, hey, I don't like the people who've been getting knocked off, but come on, now we're going down to like, what the fuck? Why is someone killing a 19 year old girl because of something I did or whatever, right? So, finds out that at least it was all good. He managed to save her. Do you know who's behind it? Not yet, but he's definitely getting closer. <laughs> and more than business, he's discovered that this is definitely personal. Because again, just the way it's all going and the... Uh, the nature the of the The nature, the vengefulness, the whatever, right? He's like, this is more than hands-off business political kind of not just money not just money so you know okay what can i do to help and harry's like just get everything going like normal another normal day i'm gonna putter around and do some crap and be the poorest production assistant ever that nobody's gonna question and it'll all be tickety-boo so genosa goes off to do his thing harry goes off to do his thing and he's bought a little brought a little backpack of of goodies with him so he's got a 50-foot retractable chalk line, a mirror, a box of tin foil, half dozen candles, and he goes looking for some help and stumbles across Jake Guffey. Who humors him, but like, did somebody spike your breakfast cereal with LSD or something? Like, what? Right. It's yeah. weird. I was making me feng shui the building with him. <laughs> well, it's also funny because Jake apparently is, is, is trying way too hard to look way too nonchalant. And Harry's like, hey. And he's like, oh, what, what, what? I wasn't doing anything. I'm just, I'm just. So even Jake's starting to get, oh, what the fuck is this whole is the thing jinxed or what but he's trying to just hang out casually meanwhile people are disappearing in the middle of midnight shoots and probably, you, know, you don't know anything and, happened and, last night no. Nari and Laura and Harry pieced out early but that's fine but that's that's fine that's okay it, no one died and he's a cool guy come on yeah he's just totally he's just, just chilling, just chilling. Like yeah it's totally just natural he's fine it's just another day on the set and he's all like, I don't, I don't want to like insult your religion or anything. Harry's like, I'm not willing. <laughs> it's fine, man. Just come help me with some shit. Yeah. He's like, all you got to do is hold a chalk line. He's like, fine. And then, yeah, it was actually kind of a cute thing. Hey, it's just like Feng Shui. And Harry's like, actually, now that, yeah, actually, this basically is that principle. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially they go around the building drawing chalk lines that are basically just arrows. And he's drawing a big, massive spider web so that when it gets caught, it's forced to the center where Harry wants it and will be and can disperse it again, rather than just targeting whoever the hell it wants to target. Exactly. Wherever it hits, he can now direct it along those lines. So a funnel with a, with a slingshot at the end, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. As you said, yeah, a mirror. It'll go right back to whoever the hell sent it. I think working along his whole magic circle principles and everything like that, right? Normally he draws himself a circle to block stuff out or keep stuff in or do this or that. Another, Still a circle. Just another variation on that. Another twist on the right is exactly. So I'm like, it is kind of a really interesting principle, you know? You're like, oh, so this is how you would mark off a whole building and do the whole 
and again, Harry and his his not so permanent, but also not so, you know, like a chalk line. And I'm like, those things are a pain in the ass. I've had to use them. They're kind of fun, but they're also yeah, kind of chalk. annoying. Yeah, yeah. Chalk everywhere. And you got to make sure it's full and you got to shake it up again. So it's actually on all the whole line. It's, yeah. And Harry makes a point, too. He's like, I really actually could not do this alone. I need someone to help me with the chalk line. And a dude is the best option here. <laughs> yeah, because all this yeah, stuff is not directed at him exactly. He's yeah. not going to. The women are all the targets so far. Right. Yes. So he's not going to get his mojo all all over the all over. The, On the off chance you cut it close, magic. <laughs> you're standing right there in the middle of things. Yeah. Jake and Harry talk a little bit, and Jake conf- confides that he thinks that Arturo has a new love based on his experience with his behavior. Ha ha. <laughs> Interesting. Would have been nice to know that sooner. What? And Harry, I feel like Harry should have been able to glean the information on his own. If he paid a little bit more attention to his studies or knew just a little bit more about white court vampires, the fact that Arturo wasn't falling all over Laura should have been, why not? That's a good point. Because I think as a reader, you're like, okay, he's not a creepy old man who's obsessed with this. Yeah. Super sexy employee of his, and he's a director, and he's professional, and he's not going to be all over her, right? Yeah. But Laura doesn't care about boundaries. The sex appeal vampirism goes to everybody. So yeah, that is a bit of a clue, but again, for those of us at this point that are not super well-versed in the white court, you know, it's a little bit subtle, you may or may not pick up on it right away. Also, I think Harry doesn't know Genosa from a hole in the wall before this, right? Thomas and stuff is friends, but, you know, and Jake. Jake knows him well enough to be like, oh, yeah, this is his this and that, right? And Harry doesn't have that. Familiarity. uh, The familiarity, yeah, in the background to know what he's like in his various, you know, in love, out of love, whatever. So, I, you know, I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, I guess he would have nothing to go on that way to know what his behavior suggests, right? As far as we can see, Arturo's just being very normal, you know, and it's not until you know these other things about him. And again, Harry's head's been, he's been working on not getting distracted by the super sex vampire. So again, maybe, because they don't focus a lot. Like again, the book hasn't made a lot of, hasn't pointed out a lot of like Jake drooling all over her or like Bobby drooling all over her, right? So the fact that he hasn't made a big show of Arturo not drooling, drooling all over her, I'm like, you know, again, is it supposed to be Harry's just... I see that. that. I just feel like in future books, you know, that's a thing to be like, who's not falling for Laura right now? I'm watching them. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. What's their host, whole shtick? Yeah. No, and and for fair, it does make sense. And again, something we become more aware of as we go, right? But I'm like, yeah, I'm... Part of me is like, same thing, I've had that thought, but part of me is also like, I'm willing to cut him, I guess, a bit of slack, because he's well, get had it. a lot. He's made it very clear in this book, he knows shit about vampires. <laughs> Whatever the hell he was it's focusing about these on. Ones. I was like, he knows a fair bit about the blacks. You know, he's had a whole big thing with the red. Yeah, it's the whites here that he's got a whole new. But still, he's been <sighs> quizzing Bob about every little thing. It's like, what were you researching exactly during that like year and a half in the hole? <laughs> it was How to avoid pizza box bombs. <laughs> he's trying to do vampire venom, right? I feel like that would have had a little bit more scope of research than just the venom you could have just learned about vampires yeah but again that's you know so much more focused on the reds that the white the readers really weren't there so been. harry didn't learn it exactly exactly but yes you're right whether he should or shouldn't have or whatever he suddenly realized that maybe yeah Arturo's got some more going on and then and then bobby comes up well no this does give motive though now oh yes this gives another motive arturo's got a new girl in the picture no wonder all the girls being picked off ex-wives are mad about that maybe we don't know who said anything about ex-wives huh crazy so strange who knows weird so strange 
There's a difference in this world about being stupid and being intelligent. You are not one or the other, okay? There's a middle ground. And this whole Bobby just not getting the Gowan commando at all is like, <laughs> that That was a touch much. Not, yeah, I get him not knowing the whole round table thing, but you'd think there could have been a slightly subtler one that Especially because you're gone saying over it his head. out loud. It's yes. one thing if it had been on paper, right? Or you're saying it as though it was a knight of the round table and you're saying something along the effect of like, oh, knight commando or, uh, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. the saying it right out loud to someone's go face, go in. Go in commando right. on a porn set, you'd think you would pick up on that. Yeah, but. Just really not that clever, I guess. I don't know, maybe, but she just didn't want to, you know, make sure everyone could get the joke, you know. Sometimes you gotta play up this guy's stupidity. Well, to the lowest common denominator, too, you know, if you make it too... The low-hanging fruit thing. The low-hanging fruit thing, yeah. If you make it too clever, people might miss it, and then you've wasted a whole... I don't know. But yeah, you're. I always felt that a little bit, too, that I was like... A little up there. <laughs> a, a little bit, too. I'm like, I get these all, like, distracted and whatever, and he's got stuff, but yeah. Just being mean to the poor boy. I'm like, unless there's got to be some... But see, it doesn't really... Because part of me is like, maybe you're not pronouncing it right. Maybe there is some other. But then the joke doesn't really work if you pronounce it too much another way anyways. Oh, I imagine they said it to him more like, go on. Or something like that. So he wouldn't pick up on go it. On. Just trying to yeah. smudge it a little bit. But still, come on, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like those round table guys. Okay, cool. And even that, even the, the, the way Jay's like stiffen it up with a, with a harder last name, heavier last name. Bobby surprisingly apologizes to Harry. He uh, asks the pair what they're doing. Feng Shui. You know, you know martial arts? <laughs> uh, Harry's reaction. This kid is an absolute gem. <laughs> the straight lines he get off. But yeah, it's funny how he's a little bit... Funny without knowing he's funny. But, well, yeah. I'm like, we all live for... I've, I've had a few people like that that are just like, oh, you're just priceless. Listen, you have no idea. How. Props to Bobby where he can get him. He gave a genuine apology to Harry, okay? Yeah. He did. Harry still took him a minute because he's like, nobody ever actually sincerely apologizes to me. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay, I guess I'll... <laughs> but I like that too, yeah. I'm really not used to anybody actually... <laughs> What is this? I'm oh, confused. Wait, what? He's actually... Oh, shit. Okay. So, yes. Okay. Their little spat is over. Bobby's got some pressure off. He's coming up with a name. He realizes he was being a big old douchebag. And Harry's like, keep fine. You're too funny and dumb to be mad at. <laughs> so, he goes off. So, that's all he needs. So, Jake goes off to get ready. Bobby goes off to get ready. Harry's like, alrighty, I got my thing all... Well, and even actually that, he, he talks about how he's setting it all up with the mirror and everything like that we mentioned. And Jake at first is like, wow, that's like a little bit harsh. And Harry's like, no, it's not really. They're going to send out good vibes. They get good vibe back. They want to send out some nasty bullshit. They're going to get their own nasty bullshit back. And you're like, you know what? Fair. It is kind of nasty because we know what's going around. But at the same time, you're right. Harry's not doing it to them. He's just sending it back. So exactly, you're essentially going, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> it's like, mm, it's going to be your own damn fault. It's going to come right back at you. So do you think Bobby wanted to apologize on his own behalf? Or do you think like maybe Inari or something was like, you should work on this and go be a good person? Honestly, I feel like it was more him because, and I'm willing 
according to Ben Inari, is not on set today. She's at home nursing a broken arm and all this crazy batshit stuff that's going on in her head and her burned lips from it. Like, right? All of this is kind of a blur. She doesn't really know what the fuck is going on. And she's definitely at home with that broken arm. Papa Ray's not going to let her go running around. So... I, I feel like, yeah, this maybe was more of a... Because that's what Jake says before. He's like, well, he's under pressure. He's got to come up with his name and think about it. You know, you like this girl, but you're screwing other women all day. And so I think maybe it is a case of... I don't know if he necessarily would have gone and sought him out otherwise. But since he's kind of run into him here and now, and he has sort of like, okay, this is one thing done... You know, that maybe he did sort of legitimately be like, oh, I was kind of a dink and I'm sorry. And, you know, so. So Harry calls up Murphy again. He's like, all right, it's been an hour. Let me update you. Have you gone through your shit? I gave you many, many tasks to do on my behalf. I hope you've done them. She's got some pretty, pretty good, decent information for him. That yeah. Fills in a lot of blanks with that, you know, new information that he just Ugh. conveniently got as well with uh, Jake. Gotta love all these cops with their you know, resources and internets that they can use when you're <laughs> the internet friendly neighborhood wizard can't. Crazy. So you, we essentially find out that Genosa's money is incredibly directed and controlled. There's some pretty specific specifications on where his money goes in the world. Yes. <laughs> All these lovely ex-wives that he's racked up have a trust fund set up that is, yeah, exactly, dictates you know, how that is paid out and and what they get and all that. And next of kin was his mother to to look after that. But unfortunately, she's recently died or whatever. So she can't do it anymore. He's got to update that. And the rest of it is all sunk into the company, right? Because what did they say? Like 4 million or something like that, I believe at one point is what we said he he had somewhere around that. So worth about 5 million, I think is what the number was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they get to keep drawing from it indefinitely, more or less, right? As long as he doesn't get a next of kin. There's no one to be assigned to the role. They're yeah. good to go. And, and even that, right? Like, it kind of makes you wonder. Because it's like, okay, well, obviously, you know, if all three of them, then presumably it started with the first ex-wife and she was getting her alimony. And then the second wife started getting alimony. And then Trixie started getting alimony. So it's like... I like that he can just group them all into one trust fund. Well, I mean, it does kind of make sense. Pay it all out of that account or whatever, right? That's your... I mean, that's normal for business, right? You got your benefits account and you got your... Uh, Well, if they all sign the same sort of prenuptial agreement or something like that, but I imagine each next wife would be like, no way, you're paying her a million a year? I want two million a year. (laughs) Like... Try to go more and more and more, get slightly different changes. Well, that. That it's just like, nah, fine, just add me to your ex-wife group, it's fine. Well. Like a payment plan? It it depends to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, they they may or may not have doing that. I'm not necessarily looking at that they're all getting the exact same amount or whatever, but I'm like, I see having that one account and funds there set up to deal with that is what I mean. And then again, it, it maybe by the time Trixie comes along, but at the same time, I'm like, if you're some young porn starlet kind of a thing, you get all Twitter-pated with, you know, you may or may not know the details of his prior wives until you're in that club. So if he's got this prenup, you know what I mean? Like, again, you're like 18, 20, 25, whatever. Especially if you're in love. And you're in love. And he's I like... I love him so much. Nope. Yeah, sweetie, if anything he's happens... He's rich. I love him so you much. Get, well, yeah, but, you know, same thing. He's like, whatever, I'll pay you like 100 grand a year if we ever, you know... You're probably gonna be like, oh, yeah, and then not realize like, oh, shit, you've got two other wives that are already getting 100 grand a year too. Man, I should have gone, right? So... But regardless of whatever is that, yes, he's, he goes. And, and Murphy's also managed to find some information that there is a fourth marriage license for next Thursday. 
And of course, gosh darn it, that terrible cheap fax paper. We don't know who it's for. It smudged the one spot that could tell us who he's married. Yeah, you can see that it's a marriage certificate. We can see the date, but we don't know who. And Harry's just trying to sip his coffee and, and take it all in. And so well, yeah, this, I, this is my thing is clearly we've got the motive now. Okay, people are mad about this next marriage. He's clearly ranking up. Jake said he's in his final stages of like butterflies and birds and wedding eyes and whatever the hell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how Jake quotes it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, right. So while Harry was already going, yeah, this doesn't feel just like business anymore. Now here's like that ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely... The information we've been waiting for. And not just like, while it seems likely that it might be them because they're ex-wives but but it does so this is what I don't entirely get altogether. so I'm sorry I am not familiar with the world of prenups and porn stars and the whole if he had so that's what I started to say before it's obviously the subsequent wives didn't change you're because I know okay tv land and all this kind of stuff if you're receiving alimony you get it unless you get remarried and have somebody else sort of to take care of you right so Arturo getting married, just like with the previous ones. So Madge still got it when he married Lucille. Lucille and Madge still got it when he married Trixie. Lucille, Madge, and Trixie still got it, regardless of of Arturo marrying Mrs. Genosa number four. So why the fuck do they really care? I mean, again, whatever the agreement is, however much they're supposed to get indefinitely or not. I mean, what indefinitely unless he blows all his money, like he go out. So two days after he gets divorced and spend all his money and be like, oh, well, I have no more alimony to pay you, right? This is my question. Is I assumed that the account just had like four million sitting in it. And when mom was in charge of it, mom's in charge of the four million and they get to each take out like a hundred grand a year or whatever as their yeah, alimony. But- it's got four million, okay? Yeah, sure. Whatever is yeah. the number to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get to take out a hundred grand each. Well, if he keeps racking up ex-wives, that four million is going to go a lot faster with ten ex-wives versus with just three. So if you can stop him from keep collecting ex-wives, then they'll be that four million. Regardless of if he goes and spends out the four million in his own account, the four million in the alimony account is still sitting at four million minus a hundred grand, minus two hundred grand, minus three hundred grand. Uh, a year. I see what you're saying. If it's minusing ten grand a year or a hundred thousand grand a year, you're gonna run out of it in five years so, rather than ten or twenty or thirty. So or you suspect that it's going at a set amount that they get to draw, not that they each are entitled to. That's what I was thinking it would be set at. Like it's just whatever. As per your divorce, you had to set aside one million for these ladies. They get to take out like. Yeah. Up to a, a hundred grand a year. Because I don't know. Yeah, like I get. I've never been divorced. I don't know how it works. I well, just no. feel like the more ex-wives there are, the less money there is to go around. And that maybe is how it goes, and maybe that makes sense. Part of me feels like there is again, like again, to me it would be like you get a million dollars. It's like, well, whether you take that million dollars in one lump sum or you take that million dollars, a hundred grand. Once you've got a million, you've got a million. So if you have six more ex-wives that each get a million, that doesn't affect your million. Potentially. But, but then, maybe what you're saying is maybe more right. That but then my some- secondary thing to that is that if he does remarry and they become next to kin or even has children with them who become next to kin, it doesn't matter that mom is dead. There's now somebody else in charge of those accounts, not you. Yeah. Which could then still mess with things and change things and whatever. Right. See, and I, I sort of t- t- took that whole thing as... If he dies, then they no longer get anything, and all of it goes to the next of kin, which is the new wife. So it's it's not a matter of what's happening right now, but it's when he passes, they get nothing. As I get, a and I sort of thought of that, too, but 
again, the way it just says that, it says like control of the account goes to. So again, if he has this trust that says he has to pay out to those, then again, it seems... The way you it's could just phrased. well, but it means you could just kill him then before again. Like okay, so mom's dad. If you kill him right now, there's no next of kin to take that money. It all goes to them. So why would they? Why wouldn't be, they kill him? Now? They would be. That's my yeah, question. Now they would be targeting Arturo as they opposed to killing Arturo. I don't understand why they're killing all the women because this whole. But since she's dead, they get to keep drawing from it indefinitely. Why does he, that change from indefinitely, regardless of whether or not his next of kin is alive or not? That's the question. Yeah. Again, I would just kill Genosa then, and then, okay, all the money is allocated between the three ex-wives. Yeah, plus whatever he's got tied up in the company. Yeah. You think they can shut that down and, and bring that back into the loop? Like, this is where, yeah, I don't understand. They just and really care about producing porn too much to get rid of. I don't family. know, and, and and for you family lawyer well, types out there listening. Potentially, yeah, and Madge, like, Madge does have all her shit tied up with his. She's invested in it you know but it just wonders how money's his money you just wonder how much because again if somebody else is controlling that account right so Arturo's got control of it his mother could have would have sort of right I guess they must be able to put certain like limitations or they can't stop them from having it but I guess you know they get to make certain and and that's part of the other thing too about having somebody else in charge of it because again it sounds like even if he gets remarried that just means that new wife or whatever would you know do they get to say oh now you only get to take it out as you know a thousand dollars a month instead of twelve thousand dollars a year or like you know what i mean like is it a bit free reign right now without a next well yeah is it just that maybe whatever limitations or stipulations or whatever that they can do and be like no 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 you know instead of uh, yeah, it's it's all seems a little bit odd to me exactly how. Well, I can't imagine that Arturo, while he's alive, right at this point in time, is allowing his ex-wives to go whole hog on a on that trust fund. Like, well, but again, Arturo is portrayed as his death is really where it ends up. Yeah, but none of that is coming. I mean, again, it seems like he's he's indulgent in love, right? He likes women, and I don't think again in a super skeezy womanizing kind of way right he's just one of these people that genuinely loves which is why he keeps falling in love after all of this and why he keeps getting married right so i feel that and again they're i mean trisha's kind of crazy so he's like whatever just placater is the easiest match doesn't seem as loony because again she's stable enough you know that he would have stayed friends with her to be like invest in the business and you know so i'm like again i can see him being kind of indulgent and I could see him not maybe having, like, a lot of rules and regulations, whereas somebody else, again, like, a spiteful fourth wife, might be like, oh, you can now only take out increments, $1,000, but they have to be $5 bills, and they can only be withdrawn on the fifth Tuesday of every month, and, like, you know, like, right? Maybe it's shit like that, whereas Arturo is kind of a little bit like, yeah, no, it's fine, take it. You know, there's much broader thing, like, exactly, you get, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year but it's up to you when and how and what you want to do with it and when you want to take it now like i i don't know but i just i feel that way that arturo would be well there would be something in place that he would be sort of looser with it whereas yeah well and again because he said all of his extra money goes to charity when he dies and you don't know how much extra money that is or where how it's divided between the alimony and the charities and whatnot but i just googled it now and you only get indefinite alimony if you've been married for more than 20 years 
which I doubt is the fact for any of his wives, but definitely not two in the world. Well, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, he couldn't have been married for more than 60 years. He's not that old. (laughs) You know, not that necessarily Jim Butcher really cared about that part of it, but technically, according to the law, you can only get alimony for 50% of the time of the marriage. So if you're married for five years, two and a half years, alimony. Okay. With Mm -hmm. the exception of over 20 years, in which case it's indefinite. Yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. It's all kind of weird and interesting, and I'm sure it makes sense somewhere. And it's one of these things where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he did, like, the full research, and you're like, oh, he had to have because authors do all this research and make sure everything's legit. Or just like The plot is better. I couldn't be bothered. It was just fictional. We just made it up this way, yeah. Or maybe just (laughs) Murphy and Harry don't get alimony, and they're like, yeah, sure, indefinite. Why not? That's the only thing that makes sense. Maybe, so... Who knows? So, yes. Okay, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one that had some issues and questions about that. It's all uh, contract law. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, put very succinctly here by Murphy and Harriet. No prenup number four. Hello, new next of kin. Hello, motives. Hello, suspects. (laughs) Exactly. Also, a whole other can of room. Can of room. Can of worms. Oh, right. That was the one other thing. Number four doesn't have a prenuptial agreement. Yes. Whereas one, two, and three did. So that's so, especially weird for the wives to be like, how dare they? I get, yeah, so she doesn't get just her one million or her hundred grand. She gets all the rest of it. And again, that could potentially be whatever else would, would go to charity is, well, now she's next of kin. There's no agreement to say whatever. She can do what she wants with that money. So we only get a million dollars. She's going to get four, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a nice place to wrap up their conversation, which is good. Yes, and explain why all the women are being targeted and not Arturo. And they still need him to make the money. They still need him to, to, to pad that account, I guess. But Can't kill the moneymaker when he's in the middle of a big deal. Yeah, but yeah not somebody else that could come along and have, like you say, a much bigger piece of that pie. You think really the race here is for him to have successful films before he can get married. But this idiot is like, I'm gonna do both right now. And that's why it's like, well, we can either mess with the marriage and the films or mess with not the films and not the marriage. Mm, yeah. Kind of a tough spot for the suspects here because like, what are they supposed to choose? What's what's the we higher We want motivation? you to make money on the film. We don't want you to get married. Yeah. Why must you do them both here at the same time? Because he's just whimsical, though. He just goes by the seat seat of his pants, just where his heart tells him, wears it on his sleeve. He can't help it that he just happened to fall in love Once you've been married on a movie times, set. What's being married a fourth? Well, <laughs> yeah, right. It's fun the first time and the second and the third. Hey, you As know, we've clearly seen, he's having a lot of fun. You know what? You, you, you stick with what's familiar too, right? You know, even when it's not working, we all fall into those ruts and it's just hard to get out of them. So this is just what Arturo does. He meets someone on a porn set. serial monogamy. Right? You meet someone at work, you fall in love, you marry them. Married for married's sake. But, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so bing, the light has come on, they figured out the main motive, the whatever, so many things are slotting into place, and boom, the door opens. And he looks up just in time to see a woman in lingerie and a very, very large gun. Makes me laugh, what a great dress code at this place, because when he went to go track down Jake too, he was just wearing like boxes and a silk robe, and he's like, hey, you're with me today, and now Trixie's like, I gotta kill you, but I'm still wearing my outfit for the day. Lara came running out in her lingerie, I mean, honestly, that is the dress code, I mean, come on. (laughs) The place is well heated. She's like, nothing happens when people are wearing jeans. Well, fucking Giselle was in the shower, like, I mean... To your point, it's probably not all that well heated because, A, you're going to be working up a lot of energy, so you wouldn't want the place to be too hot to start with. And secondly, I'm thinking just a slighter, slightly cool environment is also probably beneficial for your production value for all these women. So, you know, 
Your nipples will stick out and stuff. Oh. Yeah, Jessica's okay. looking confused. I knew where you were going. Yeah, you know where I was going, uh, Jessica. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, so. Thinking it can't necessarily. I'm not in the mood when I'm cold. <laughs> no, not not frozen, but, but just cool. Because <laughs> you're going to be working up that heat. <laughs> but regardless, yes. Skimpy lingerie, very large gun, finds the end of the phone, rips it out of the wall, and says into a cell phone, I've got him. We got him, boys. He sat there holding a dead phone in one hand, warm coffee in the other, and said, Hello, Trixie. Well, boom, there's a surprise. I didn't see that coming. What? It's the ex-wife? Okay, so you're watching a horror movie, and you're calling the cops, and the line goes dead, and the cops are always like, that was weird, and they hang up, and they're like, oh, well, anyways, moving on from that. (laughs) (laughs) Anything. You go call your mom or your best friend, and the lines go dead, and everyone's like, weird, they just hung up, and they're like, like, oh, she went through that dip, and right? He is talking to Murphy, who knows? But here's my thing, is that then you watch those movies where they're like a little bit of a trope against scary movies, and it's like... Oh my god, you actually got here in time. It's like, yeah, man, your phone cut out in the middle of a conversation. That was weird. I had to show up immediately and see that you were okay, right? And it's like the big joke is that they don't get murdered because your friends yeah. are like actually like competent. C- competent, right? <laughs> but in the Dresden files, it's 100% fully like, yeah, magic just turns off cell phones. We came to the natural end of our conversation anyways. And Murphy's just like, yeah, whatever, he's fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever. Okay. Who cares? And we just had the blowgun dart thing anyways when there was magic in the air and it made the phone crackle for a second and Murphy's like, what's going on in there? And well, then the, like one day later, Murphy's like, yeah, I want to fuck that, that guy. That wasn't really, no, that wasn't really the magic because it was just a blow dart, it wasn't. But it was just the fact that he stops and she's like, Harry, 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 because oh. he like walks away and isn't. And she's like, what's going on? What's going on? Are you still there? And then he finally has to come back and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But, tried to kill me. But, but yeah, I think exactly. it's funny that it's, this one is like, no, why would Murphy be worried at all? This, I, yeah. It came to a natural, it's nice Trixie did wait for them to come to a natural end of their conversation which is probably just coincidence but it's also just smart see people this is why you know all that movies and books where people just don't say goodbye and stuff at the end see this is why because then you know the conversation is over right this is why normal people wait for that moment and have that say goodbye so you, you know your friend wasn't murdered while you were on the exactly <laughs> you know hi I love you no you hang up first no you it's a safety mechanism exactly exactly so, yeah, if you just constantly say a sentence and then disappear, okay, I guess so we're done. So if you're that asshole who just hangs up on your friends when you're done talking without saying goodbye, One and day they you call will... a wellness check on you, you asked for it. Or if they don't, you, you asked you, for you, it. Yeah. It's your fault you ended up dead in a ditch. Why? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. This concludes our episode 12.17, The Deadly Arts of Feng Shui. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowerambling.com and macanellies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. <laughs>